Everybody has a body. Everybody experiences something, whether it's pain, injury, illness, or disease. Every experience can teach us something. I'm your host, Kristen Erickson. On this podcast, I interview guests about their health experiences and what they have learned. Hello, and welcome to another episode. I'm very thrilled today to have my very good friend, Millie Carlson, and she's going to tell us today about her journey with narcolepsy. Let me start by having her introduce herself. Thank you so much, Kristen. This is so fun being here with you talking about narcolepsy. I've talked with you about this for years now, and it's fun to be able to share this with other people. I am originally from Alaska, and I've lived out in Virginia, North Carolina, and now I'm living in Virginia again for the last 9, 10, 11, 12 years or so, which is how we met. And I started with my narcolepsy journey about eight years ago in my 30s. Most people who get narcolepsy, its onset is in their teens and 20s, but mine was when I was in my 30s um, because it is an autoimmune disorder that sometimes, well, most of the time, it's onset is much earlier, but it could, ha- it could happen at any point. I'm a nurse and a nurse practitioner, a pediatric nurse practitioner, and I just started working as a nurse educator. I'm going to be teaching future nurses. Excellent. Well, I'm very excited to hear more about your experiences, and why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about when it when you first started having symptoms of narcolepsy and then how things progressed, how you knew that's what you had and then bring us to where you are today. All right. I have never really had a problem with sleeping or staying awake that I can remember. <laughs> like I think just the normal in college and getting sleepy if it's dark and quiet and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I drove from Alaska out to Virginia and I could drive 12 hours and I'd be fine, didn't have to take naps or anything. I was in kind of a stressful period in my life. And I, and then I also, I had gotten my flu vaccine at work and shortly after, within a few weeks, I got sick back to back, um, like a head colds, like upper respiratory infection of sorts, like stomach bug, upper respiratory infection. And then all of a sudden, I went from being able to stay awake to I would be standing in conversations and I would not, like my mind would just kind of start shutting down. I I couldn't stay awake for anything. I couldn't stay awake during movies. I would have to drive 15 minutes and I might have to pull over two minutes from my house. Um, I was doing a lot of carpooling with some friends and before we even backed out of the parking space, I would be asleep. (laughs) And I would be asleep all the way until they dropped me off at my house. I was sleeping 17 hours a day and I'd wake up to go to the bathroom or to eat and fall asleep while I'm eating and feel like I hadn't slept a wink. I went to a doctor and they told me I was depressed. Of course, I mean, that depression runs in my family, but I've also experienced depression. So I 
don't know. And so I was like, no, this is definitely not that. I know it's not that. There's something else going on. I went to an urgent care clinic and they tested me for anemia and thyroid issues. And I've had a long history of anemia. I was anemic. And so they're like, oh, okay, maybe that's it. So take some iron supplements and, um, and oh, you all of a sudden have thyroid problems where six months ago when you got tested, you didn't have thyroid mm-hmm. problems. Let's start you on some thyroid medication. Okay. So <laughs> we're starting on that and maybe I'm feeling a little bit better, but no, no, I'm still just so, so tired. Like the, the feeling like you you just want to cry because you're so exhausted. And then on top of that, I started having these really weird feelings of like, when I would laugh, my knees would buckle. Like I'm just crumple. Like I have no muscle tone. I feel like I'm just going to fall to the floor or something exciting would happen and or I would turn too fast and my legs or arms would just give out my face would droop and all of these just the most bizarre feeling like a puppet without strings (laughs) all of a sudden like that string was cut and you just drop and fortunately for me it doesn't last very long but I know there are other people that it lasts much longer but I've had times where I'm laying like I collapsed on some stairs and it was probably a good 10 minutes before I had any muscle tone I was completely paralyzed I couldn't could not lift up and that is uh, that's called cataplexy so there are two different types of of narcolepsy there's type 1 and type 2 type 1 is with cataplexy type 2 is without and so, so there are sometimes people who just have the excessive daytime sleepiness and medication can help with that and then um, and then there are other phenomenon that come along with narcolepsy there are hypnagogic hallucinations hypnopompic hallucinations and and anybody can have those but um, the cataplexy the excessive daytime sleepiness um, automatic behaviors for any moms out there or just to give people an idea um, they say that it is comparable to being awake for 72 hours or more mm-hmm. that that's what it feels like mm-hmm. and all of those new moms new dads out there where you just are awake 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 always and you never really get good sleep that's that's what it's like that's what it feels like perpetually you are always always tired and it not only is like a a mental fatigue but it's a body fatigue you only have so much energy and so anything that you do like I go to the gym and I have to take a nap before I go to the gym and then I go to the gym and sometimes I just have to take a nap while I'm at the gym and then I leave and I get in my car and I have to take another nap and then I have to take a nap when I get home and um and just you know like an hour an hour trip to the gym ends up being four hours so you know just things like that a lot of a lot of things can I ask you also at what point did they finally determine that you had narcolepsy that's a very good question fortunately it only took about eight months to diagnose me and that was actually even with the fact that my baby brother who is 14 years younger than I am 
has narcolepsy and he's had it since he was in high school. So I don't know how many years that was ago, you know, before I had it. So I knew he had narcolepsy, but I didn't know enough about narcolepsy to say, oh, that's what I have as well. And um, it was actually my brother-in-law, who's a physician, who he's a doctor, and he was looking up symptoms. And he was like, hey, Millie, these symptoms seem to be um, corresponding to, to what you have. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's all of them. So I asked, um, I asked my physician if I could get a sleep study, if, I, if he would refer me to a neurologist and so I could go get a sleep study. Went and got a sleep study, and it was, it was very indicative. Um, this the nighttime sleep study, basically what they're looking at is how much time and, and your sleep patterns. So you go into REM really fast because you don't have any regulation. You might um, drop into REM like during the day. I will go into REM like within a minute, a minute and a half. And I will be in REM sleep for however long. You know, it could be as long as I'm sleeping. I could go through 20, 30, 40 cycles of REM in, um, in an hour sleep or through a night, just depending. So, um, so I went and got my sleep study. And then when I did my nap study, I was, it was about a minute and a minute to a minute and a half where I went into REM and that's, um, that's really indicative. So I see a neurologist, was started on medication, and my initial medication was Ritalin. It was a low dose at first, didn't really help, it increased, and that's, you know, that's pretty typical. They want to start you on a lower dose and then increase. And as they increased, you know, I started getting jitters and I felt just that wired but tired feeling like I still was exhausted, but my body was buzzing. Then I, you know, dry mouth and not wanting to eat anything. And you have to be really regimented about time schedules and being a nurse. Like I work 12 hour shifts at the hospital and, um, and trying to work throughout the day. And I'd have to take more and more medication and it, just made me sick and and then they switched me over to um, some other medications and they started me on a nighttime medication called Zyrem which has been amazing um, so it basically helps you go through all of the stages of sleep and get good restful sleep where it calms my brain down where I'm not going through so many cycles of REM and I will, you know, I'll still have REM, but I can also get good restful sleep. So it helps with the excessive daytime sleepiness. It helps decrease that, but it also decreases my cataplexy. Some people, it takes care of it completely. They don't have to take any other type of anti-cataplectic, but it did not do that for me. I still had have had lots of cataplexy without that. So I've had to be put on other medications. I'd have to be without food two hours before I go to bed, take my first dose of my nighttime medication, which is um, it's called sodium oxybate, is the generic name. It's a liquid. And I'd have to wake up it between two and four hours after. And at first, I had to set an alarm. 
Um, and I start with a really, again, a really, really low dose, but I'd have to wake up four hours, two to four hours after my first dose to take my second dose so I can get through the night mm-hmm. because a higher dose would be dangerous mm-hmm. and it, would necess- it's, it wouldn't make it longer. It would just make you go mm-hmm. deeper and we don't need to be going that deep into sleep. <laughs> That's so fascinating. So also, can you tell us how you're feeling now with this regimen? So this many years later, I am doing so, so, so much better. When I first had all of these symptoms, I was like, how am I going to survive this? How do I live my life? How can I be a nurse, let alone, I mean, how can I go to nursing school, like nurse practitioner school, because I'd just barely been accepted? Can I practice as a nurse practitioner? How can I drive? Like, what am am I going to do if I'm sleeping all the time? And it's been phenomenal. I'm so, so grateful that I've gotten to where I am today, where I, you know, I was working 12 hour shifts and I would, I'd have a daytime medication that I would take. And then in the afternoon, I'd have a a lower dose if I needed it. And I could take a 30 minute nap on my lunch break and I could make it, I can make it throughout the whole day. And I've been able to drive up to four hours without having to pull over and take a nap, which is crazy phenomenal. Like it's something that I never at the time originally when I first started with my symptoms, I had never thought that I would be able to get to that point. And so I'm so grateful that I've gotten come this far. What a blessing. That's amazing. Well tell me this, is there anything that you've learned through this experience to appreciate about your body and also that you'd say to someone else, like, don't take this for granted. Yes. One, what I appreciate about my body is that I have a lot more abilities than I think that I have. I would say don't take for granted the being able to stay awake. (laughs) Like, having the ability to, to stay awake and to go and do things that you want to do when you want to do them mm-hmm. and and being able to make it to appointments and weddings and baptisms and parties and all of those things don't take that for granted but at the same time i feel like um through this whole experience like i feel like before this all happened, I feel like I was go, 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 go all the time, like high energy and which is awesome and wonderful. And, um, and I feel like I'm closer to that, but I also, I feel like it made me, it forced me to slow down. Like I had to slow down and, um, and it, definitely made me appreciate being able to slow down and and that being still and know that God is God and that that he is he's helping me through it even even when I don't see where and how I'm going to be able to make it through I think about the fatigue and the 
exhaustion and being so tired and being awake and all that kind of stuff and how really it's nothing in comparison with what what our savior has been through and um and it does give me a lot of gratitude to and to be able to recognize and um and have a feeling that he understands and he mm-hmm. can empathize mm-hmm. and he knows he knows what I'm going through mm-hmm. and he's been there mm-hmm. and I don't have to do it by myself and I am not the only person and, and that helps me to, um, to have more empathy for other people mm-hmm. and recognize that other people um, are going through things that are much worse than what I have what I'm going through, I wouldn't want to wish this on anybody else. I'm grateful for, for what I have and what I have experienced, and um, and the the lessons that I've learned and and where I am now. Would I want to have it again? And would I want to, <laughs> would I choose this? No, but I'm I'm grateful that I have what I have. I love that. This is a question that just came to me, but I just want to ask you, is are there any funny stories that you have had or anything funny that you've experienced with narcolepsy that you would want to share? Um, one of the funniest things was the first time I remember really having a moment of cataplexy. Um, I was standing around the around. <laughs> the kitchen with my sisters and uh, they always make me laugh and that's one of the strongest triggers for um for cataplexy and we were all standing in the kitchen and we were laughing about something and I just collapsed like and fortunately there was a chair there but it was it was so funny (laughs) to me like even though it was so weird and scary but it was like it was hilarious to like have have this moment of laughter and joy and and then down I go. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> well, I wish I could have been there. Um, you've kind of brought attention to narcolepsy in general, and I've learned some interesting things. Is there anything else that you'd say by way of uh, of awareness? Like any awareness that you'd like to share with anyone that might be listening? Yes. Um, So most people don't have the experience that I had where it was only eight months to figure it out. On average, I think they say it's between five and 15 years that it takes people to get diagnosed because there's so many, again, it's teens and 20s and that it originally onsets and people are always like, oh, you're just a teenager and you're you're just sleepy because of that. Oh, you're in college, you're just partying or you're burning the candle at both ends or whatever, that kind of thing. And that's the reason why you're so sleepy. But doctors don't know about it. Nurse practitioners don't know about it. Like there are so many people that are walking around with narcolepsy and don't know mm-hmm. that that's what it is because it's not 
as well known in the medical community. Mm-hmm. So people are being diagnosed with depression and or with anemia or hypothyroidism or so many other things when it's narcolepsy mm-hmm. and and there's medication that can help with that lifestyle changes that can help with that and and without that like it is severely detrimental like trying to get through school I mean, your brain's not working, you're sleeping through classes, you can't finish your assignments, you can't get to anybody who can help you with that because the idea of that is just so daunting. And so anybody who might be struggling with any any of that excessive daytime sleepiness, um, particularly, but also with the cataplexy, like pursue that. Like keep on keep on trying to figure it out and maybe look into the symptoms of narcolepsy because there are like there's help and there's a, a wonderful community that can help you as well. Wonderful. Well, this has been super interesting and delightful to be with you always and very interesting to hear your insights and your experience. So thank you for sharing. Before we wrap up, is there any anything else you want to add or any final comments? Um, I would have to say, um, that having good friends like yourself always helps. Always, it always helps to have good friends who support you and, um, and strengthen you and trust you and that you can trust and, um, trust to talk about and just to be open about issues and, and people who are understanding. So thank you for that. It was a pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you again, Millie, for being on the show. It's been delightful to have you on here and appreciate your insights and perspectives again. And with that, we'll close. Thank you.